Well, good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer, and we have a treat for you tonight. <clears throat> you get to meet two of my sisters. I got three of them. I know. What male should have to have three sisters? And one of them, I had to spend six, what, eight or nine months, whatever whatever it was. I probably We were probably early. I don't remember. She'll tell us. One of them's a twin. So my face was stuck up against her butt for nine months, and then she wonders why I look like this. I shouldn't even put her on. I'll just won't even let them talk. I'll put their sound down when they come on and they'll be trying to get back at me and I won't let them. So our show is sponsored tonight by Montana Oral Surgeons and Dental Trans Implant Centers. So I know you're not always waiting for finding a oral surgeon. It's not like on the top of your list, but when you do need one, we got the people for you. They're located right in Helena, but they also have offices in Butte. Uh, they have offices in Great Falls and in Billings and are in Bozeman. And uh, so they are, they do all the work. Um, the doctor was telling me the other day, um, he even does all kinds of surgery on people like they've been in a car wreck and they need jaws, their jaws and their bones redone. And he does that kind of stuff too. So they do it all. And our other sponsor tonight, Chris Stantel, Family Dentistry in Eugene, Oregon. My good friend, Michael Bratlin, supports us and has for many, many years. Uh, great guy. Uh, they just put in a denturist, uh, which, no, I don't need that yet. But uh, they do really good work, and he has people that work on that. They also do. I still get my teeth done when I go home back to Oregon. Um, I do that all the time, so it's awesome that, to have him here. So he is also our sponsor. And then in a little bit, BS Free MD, Tim and May will be joining us, the doctors from Sweet Home who have a podcast. And tonight is their Doc Tales with Cocktails show, and they'll be coming on to talk to my sisters and to make fun of me and to talk about their show tonight and what they're going to be doing. So joining me now, dun dun dun, dun Judy on your make right. Make them guess. Make them guess. Make them guess the twin. Oh, yeah. Which ones are the twins? So Judy is my twin and Dana is my little sister. Um, she was an accident. Uh, my parents <laughs> didn't plan her. <laughs> but you know what? To be really honest, they didn't plan Judy either. They just wanted one child. I was first, so it must have been me. And they already had a girl, my older sister, Karen, who cannot be with us tonight. Um, and uh, she's not here. But Judy and Dana came over to visit and we've been like, oh, my gosh. We've been, I think our neighbors have complained. <laughs> Last night it was, what was the card game we were playing? The uh, village. The impaired person idiot. from the community. Village idiot. Oh yeah, we can't say that word on here probably. Well, Facebook already shut me down on there. So but they'll, they'll come and find my video. <laughs> so I always get people asking you guys what, like, you know, what, oh, what were you like as a kid? And I think everybody thinks because I'm on, was on TV and all that stuff that I was, like always outgoing always cool. <laughs> and and I, I i really wasn't was i mm -mm. Mm -mm. rick you, you used to wear matching shirts that matched our jumpers you know the big <laughs> glasses kind of here the bow tie with the little um whatever you call the neck thing that you stick the, the bow tie yeah oh, bow it was yeah no it was those neck it was like a scarf you know what it was like it was like scooby-doo what shaggy used to wear yes like it was a scarf and then it had a little ring that went up. And the only reason I wore it is because my mom and you guys too, the only reason you wore yours is mom made them for us. And I felt bad 
Like mm-hmm. if I didn't wear it, like I'd be letting her down or something. And oh God, I look like a total dork. Yeah, all those matching outfits. But the great thing was, is being the only boy, you got to match your sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah, just what you want. And it's, especially like as a twin, they used to they used to dress Judy and me up. Oh, they didn't. We didn't let them guess. But okay. anyway, Judy is my twin, and I'm her twin. No, I was first, so I'm 21 minutes older than Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, but you, like when we were little, I had totally forgotten this because I knew. I mean, I remember being shy. But then you tell the you were telling yeah. the story about kindergarten. Kindergarten. So we were when we were growing up, they didn't put um, siblings in the same classroom until we got to high school. So I had one teacher and Rick had the other, and there was a door between the two classrooms. So they used. I remember they used to every once in a while say, "Ricky needs to see you," and then I would go over to the door. And wave at you and go, it's a, you'll be, you'll be fine, Ricky. And then you'd be like, okay. And then you'd go back to class. So that was kind of how I reassured you. So you kind of had to, because I remember my older sister used to walk me to kindergarten. Remember that? Karen? She, yeah. No, Karen. She wasn't walking me to kindergarten. So I don't remember that. No, Judy would go to her kindergarten class and my older sister would walk me to kindergarten. And then, um, and Judy would be there. So, so in terms of our life, like our family, tell people some stuff about how we, how we grew up and stuff, whatever comes to mind. Well, I'm thinking of some of those uh, family road trips and where we try to cram three in the front seat, three in the back seat. And if you, usually me as the youngest got mm-hmm. stuck between mom and dad and they try to sing, mom could sing, dad could not, but we, right. you know, family camp songs, church songs, whatever the little, you know, Dancer family, sing along, going to Canada. You know, I remember those road trips. But I also remember, Rick, when we had the station wagon and you and I would ride in the very back seat and it had that where you could like lock it from the inside. And maybe Rick and Dana were kind of ornery and little, you know, we were little shits and we'd get in trouble. And my dad would pull over on the side of the highway, no matter major highway, no matter what. And he'd march back there to spank us. And then Rick, which hit the lock. <laughs> And, I, and he'd make a matter that he'd go back at front and then hit it again. And then he'd come <laughs> back and I'm like, Ricky, don't hit the lock. He's going to hit us more. He's going to spank us more. And you'd be so, like, lock. And then hey, finally I was in, would yell at us. I was into self-preservation. I was like taking care of my <laughs> sister. It's like, I'm seeing dad coming back. And that was those seats that looked out the back. Yeah. Like you didn't look forward. So you was a nine passenger. So we'd be looking out the back and I just hit that knob. And dad, would, <laughs> oh, it made him so mad. And it's like, yes. but then Judy used to get, when she would get spankings, then oh, yeah. she, she would, right. rare, rare. but she didn't understand what Dana and I understood is when dad, the first time he smacked you, you just started crying really bad. So it sounded like he was killing you and Judy, it didn't hurt right away. So she didn't cry. Although and you said, Judy cry right off the bat. I mean, you have no, to, I cry. wet my pants on him, but he, <laughs> he would always, after a couple times of doing that, then he thought, he gave it a second thought whether I really needed a spanking. But we do you remember the the family vacation from hell to Banff when yeah, everybody every, got sick, everybody got, got diarrhea the flu, and the flu. Is, yeah, and and of course we're not turning back. So right. d- dad keeps driving, and one the sick person was in the very back, and everybody else was in the other seats, going oh. Yeah. <laughs> but here's a hack, a mom hack from Betty. 
What? She, when we drove across, so one year we drove across country to go to the National Education Association convention in Philadelphia. And mom bought those shoe holders that hang in your closet. And then it's got a bunch of pockets. And then she cut them a certain way. So each person had their own shoe holder. And then she tucked like our sunglasses, car games, and things like that in the little pocket. So we'd have them right there um, when we wanted to do an activity. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, but we, that was back in the day when you, when families really, you didn't get on an airplane. I no. mean, you couldn't afford it. It was like, so we were, we were always driving. We went on long trips. Yeah. Like, you ate at Denny's. And if you weren't camping, you stayed at the Motel, Sleepy Bear Mo, or Motel, Motel 6, 6 or the Sleepy Bear Motel. And Never then every there. other, do you remember every other night they'd stay at a one with a pool? So you didn't get one every night, but every right. other night you got a swimming pool. And then we'd be really happy that we could go do that. And to continue the discussion of the frugal parents that we had, <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when we would go to the bathroom and back in the day you had to pay like a quarter a dime to <laughs> unlock the doors. And so mom would send me under first, crawling under there to save a dime or a quarter I would unlock it from the inside and then I would give it to, you know, Judy or Karen or mom. And then I'd go get another one for that. But because we didn't want to pay a dime or 25 cents to go to the bathroom. So you missed out on that, Rick. I don't know what you did over there with that. So, so, so your mother produced a life of crime for you. Huh? <laughs> we our mother, our mother taught us how to cheat out of dimes and it all starts with a yeah. dime. And so when she died, she probably had to answer to God for that. <laughs> Betty, Betty, remember when you sent Dana under that door, you know? Yeah. So Rick, somebody wrote on here, they asked if you were a nerd. I, I was a nerd. Don't you think I was a nerd? Well, not a, not a, not a brainy nerd. No, <laughs> no I was a pretty, I was a pretty insecure. I mean, to be really, really honest, I was a pretty insecure little kid. Yeah, you were. And yeah. you, we won't talk about your GPA when you graduated. Oh, you can. I, oh. I've told him a million times. It was like 1.57 or something. 1.67 grade point okay. average. GPA. So, but you were a little nerdy, but I don't think it was like that brainiac nerd. It was more of an insecure. Yeah. You're a nerd. I mean, but, I, I remember I used to tell, I've told people on here before, a good day for me when I was a kid, I remember was when I got off the bus, we had lived on this long, had a long driveway. And if I got off the bus and could get down the bus, down the road, um, without someone you know, like, like the whole day, nobody had made fun of me. Then that was, I go home and I go, now that was a good day. Yeah. That's, but you finished day. strong. You were voted the most, fr the friendliest in high school. Friendliest member of the senior. Class. And Judy was always like homecoming queen or like a homecoming princess or all that stuff. And then we'd go into a class and Judy was a straight A student, graduated cum la, cum la, cum la, cum la, whatever, whatever. And then the, the teachers, I'd come in and Judy'd be in first and then I'd come in the class and about a week into the class, they'd go, are you really Judy Dancer's brother? And I said, yeah. And they said, what happened to you? <laughs> And then I followed both of you. So they knew yeah. you know, a little bit of Rick, a little bit of Judy. So, yeah. hey, but Rick, you were on King Arthur's court, I believe. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So what so was you, it like? What was a strong senior year? You were soaring. It was just. Well, I quit smoking pot. I kind of, I quit smoking pot and, um, and cigarettes and stuff. And I think I just kind of got my head a little bit together. And, but then I had to go to community college for two years 
so I could get into Pacific University, a real, you know, a college, because uh, my grades were so horrible. But um, yeah, so what, what was it like growing up with me? Well, I remember you and I, there, there turned a time where then you and I got pretty close. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, I wanted to be like my big brother. I mean, I would wear the flannel shirts and my friends would always want to hang out with me because I was Rick Dancer's um, sister. So friends my age, like you seem to have friends from the younger, you know, I was 18 months younger. Mm -hmm. So two years in school. And I feel like my friends gravitated towards you and people in my class. And I remember, again, I would, I would copy what Rick did. Um, should we talk about that episode at Bazaar or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Cal. Go ahead. The shoplifting episode. <laughs> I, I, I talked my little sister into shoplifting and we took cassette tapes from Value Mart. By, and, by, or, what was it? Oh, Bazaar. Bazaar. And here's I'm the worst. The mine. worst part was that our mother and our grandmother were both there. So we got caught. Shopping. And here right. comes they the cops. They weren't even in the store. They, they were, came they by the game. No. Oh. And so Dan and I are like hauled away and we're crying. <laughs> and then grandma and mom comes in. Grandma stayed in the car. And do you remember when grandma lived next door to us and they pulled up to the house and to let grandma out and she turned around and she had tears in her eyes and she said, I hate what you two did today, but I'll always love you. Yeah. I never forgot that because yeah. she really did hate what we did, yeah. but she always loved you. But I yeah. want to clarify, Ellie stole a dollar ninety-nine Maybelline makeup. Didn't matter, you were stole. I know I did still. And that's I what did. I always had to do with Dana too, because she would narc. I mean, as soon as dad yeah, got ready to smack her or spank her, she was a she like, No, yes. Oh my god, it'd be like dad would go, okay, I'm gonna spank you. Just Ricky smokes, he drinks alcohol, he does. And she's like, <laughs> this has nothing to do with me. And she's like throwing all my dirty laundry out to try to save her ass. And I'm like going, so when I wanted to let her know that I was smoking cigarettes, I took her down in the woods and I said, Dana, I want you to smoke this cigarette. And so Dana goes, what? We can't, we're not supposed to. No, no, you can smoke it. It's fine. So I lit it up for her. She smokes a cigarette. As soon as she takes one puff on it, I took it out of her mouth, threw it down and, and stomped it out. Said, don't you ever smoke again. But guess what? Don't tell mom and dad that I do. Because if you do, you just smoked. And they won't care if you smoked for one time or a month. Yeah. You just smoked. So you had to blackmail her to keep her from turning you in. Because <laughs> it was like when the gut going got rough, Rick and Judy hate everyone. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. Did you guys but, know I smoked once? Judy? No, yes. you did. I did. I went, I walked, <laughs> I walked down to that plaid pantry way down 24th Street on Main or what baseline. You're no, oh, all pussies. I bought candy cigarettes. Oh, oh that it was like candy. That. And I came back and dad was mowing the lawn and I put one in my mouth and I said, got a light. And he did not think that was funny. No, well, no. especially too, because Judy would just—we all know—and it's not a—it's not a hit. We've all been through therapy. Um, <laughs> she was Dad's favorite, and and he so she got treated the. I mean, like he was like a hawk with her and her boyfriends. Yeah, I Judy and Dana and Karen all had to come home by eleven or something like that. I could come home at one or two in the morning. Yeah. It didn't matter. <laughs> we had a very sexist society back then, and I'm so glad it's changed. <laughs> so, so um, when um, what's the what's the best memory you have with mom and dad? With mom and dad? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should have warned us about that. I know. Oh. I'll tell you mine, and then you can tell me yours. Okay, okay? give it some so time. So mine. Um, Mine was with my mom 
Um, and it was like two weeks before she died. And I just found out I had cancer. Yeah. And I went over and she knew, but I hadn't seen her. And, um, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm going to go see my mom. And I started, I just started bawling because I thought I need my, I need my mom right now. You know, this is my mom and I need to see her. And I went in, walked in, had tears coming down. And mom just said, you know what, just sit down, Ricky, you're fine. You know, what's wrong? And I said, well, I just, you know, I need you here. And we sat there for two hours and talked and, um, and it was just super fun. And then I got ready to leave. And my mom always had this little smile that her mom had this smile that she, you know, kind of look at me and say something. And she goes, you know, Rick, you're going to be all right. And I said, I, I know, but I'll come see you when I come up for treatment and stuff. And she goes, okay. And I walked out the room and I had this weird feeling and I went back in the room and I looked over at her and she goes, goodbye. Uh, and I went, God, that's so weird. And I walked out the door and two weeks later she died. I, that was awesome. That, yeah. it was like, it's like a gift from God. Like he kissed me on the forehead yeah. and said, you know what? You're going to need this for the rest of your life. And so this is the moment I'm going to give you. Yeah. And you, every time it gets hard and every time it gets bad, I want you to remember that I put this woman in your life and, and I'm going to, now I'm going to kiss you through her. Right. And I still remember that. So I think my, that's, I'm going to, I'll do dad since you did, um, talked about mom, but he's, so he was a tough dad. He was very strict and he was gone a lot in the evenings. So we didn't see him a lot during the week. And like Rick said, he, he did give us, or he gave me a lot of trouble or, or challenged me a lot with boyfriends who's now my main one is now my husband. So <laughs> it turned out it would have been a good bet, but he supported us through any of the things that we that we wanted to do. He was kind of a rebel rouser, kind of a community organizer. And we were talking about this the other night at dinner. I was the first girl in the sixth grade. So we were figuring that would have been 1971 oh, yeah. to wear pants to school. And he totally supported that. I was a rules follower so for but i also wanted to do what was fair i think he taught us a real sense fairness. of fairness yeah. and, yep. and so he said if you want to do it i'm i'll you know i support you and i said well they might call you to come get me and he goes i'll be here and then dan i remember when you got that speeding ticket i was going to say that too where um i got a speeding ticket and he it really encouraged me to fight it because I, I actually maybe didn't go as much fast the speed but and so he helped me but he prepared a poster board. So we had a poster board of where my car was, where the cop car was and all of this. And my dad helped me create this so I could go in and fight my ticket and do a little presentation <laughs> for the judge uh, to help me uh, to fight it. Cause he was like, you didn't do it. You didn't let's go in. And, and again, I was thinking the same thing yeah. um, about dad and how as a working dad, I mean, and being gone all the time, like he was at assemblies. If <laughs> I mean, I was on a Christmas yeah. court, dad was there. You were on homecoming King Arthur. He always was there. And he's very, one of the very few dads who was there because our mom was a teacher and teachers could not leave the classroom. Right. But between that dad always supported us in, in yeah. person at those events as best he could. He missed one of mine once. Um, and then when the ceremony was over, I got like a call to the office and I went to the office and he was on the phone. 
So he couldn't be there for in person, but he made a point of calling me and congratulating me and telling me how proud he was of me. You, you know what's kind of funny? And here's Don Kramer. We, I was Chris. So you guys, this guy, <laughs> his sister, his yeah, his um, didn't his mom, my our Joe dad was Kramer. Yep. Yeah, was was really Dad's good friends student. with their family out of Hillsboro. That is so weird. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, and I had never, ever, ever thought about this, is the way that the three of us are alike, and, and really the four, because Karen's the same way, Yeah, is we are kind of like dad and mom was a rabbit About route. fairness. Yeah. When it comes to fairness, and see, that's like why I figured this out with a business coach a while back, and, um, and I said, the reason I use my voice is because I never felt like I had one. And when I learned that I had one, I want other people to have their voice heard. And you guys are the same way. And so is Karen. It's like, we stick up for the little guy. Mm -hmm. This is so weird. We all, we all do that. Do Our that. whole family, we stick up for the little guy because that's what I think mom and dad taught us is that yeah. it, it has to be fair. And um, even though dad would always say life isn't fair, but I think when it came to you, they were, they were very much justice people, but not like justice warriors. They were right. people like, the right thing matters, truth matters, and you do the right thing always. And I think we right. all kind of got that out of them. That is so weird. And then my favorite memory of mom, honestly, because mom and I weren't as close when I was little, but then when she was like in her old age, we got really close. But one of the things that's a testimony to her is in her last two years of life, and even the last six years, she ne she didn't complain so yeah. i would go see her and, and eat with her or like pay her bills for her and she said you know i just feel like i need these people to help take care of me so i'm just gonna kill them with kindness and i i don't know like this might be too much parent stuff but when both dad and mom passed away in their in the home we were consoling the workers rather than the other way around. So like, I think Dan and I got there first cause we were living nearby and Ricky were in Eugene, but we would, we were standing in their room and the workers were coming and crying and we were like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, cause they really did sort of serve their, yeah. serve each other. Remember, Dad would like he'd be in the and it's it's an old we called it the old folks home, but it was a retirement center, yeah. really nice, really <laughs> nice place. But Dad would be like, "We need a better parking lot," and he'd have the yeah. parking lot committee, and they'd go out and be changing the parking lot. Now I say this, and I'm going, "Oh my God, I'm him." Yeah, <laughs> the Christmas party they didn't do they didn't do Christmas yeah. gifts for the staff, and so Dad started collecting okay. money to create Christmas gifts for the staff. So, you know, um, so remember uh, the song Dad always sang. Those were the days. No, no that's the oh, that's our, our, that oh, is our song. Yeah. So our song, our little song for our little family. The three now, of us. And Dan is, oh, those were the, the days, days, my, my friends. friends. We thought <laughs> they'd never end. end. We sing and dance. Yes. That was our song. That was so yeah, funny. But you're right. Okay. The dad so, and the case sarah sarah was the because dad. I was um, when I was in kindergarten. Then mom went back to work, and so I had to have the the cleaning lady ironing lady, babysitter. She did everything as well as watch me. And I remember dad would be getting ready and I'd be on the bed crying like, don't leave me, don't leave me with the ironing lady or whatever. <laughs> and he would look at me and start singing K, Sarah, Sarah, um, as best dad could sing that. Yeah, he so couldn't sing that very well. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, you guys, we'll do one more thing when we come back, but I want to bring on my friends. So you have to meet okay. them. Now, I have warned you. They're both medical doctors. Um, I, Tim makes me cough all the time and I don't understand. <laughs> um, and May's really pretty and we're not sure what she's doing and has been doing for the last several years married to this With guy. Tim. this is tim and may and they're doctors and they do a podcast um called bs free bullshit free md and i got connected with them during the pandemic and we've all become friends and now i try to help them and they help me and we do all kinds of fun stuff but they do this i told dana uh, about your doc tales with cocktails she goes oh my yeah she's already started she's she's ready she's ready for tonight (laughs) i love it water I'm, I'm hydrating for tonight. Well, uh, <laughs> me a too. lot of wine being consumed over she's, here. She's only do here. that. To, Judy's doing that to kiss the doctor's ass. Oh, yeah. look, I'm hydrating. I would never do something unhealthy. My evil little sister's drinking <laughs> beer and straight shots. She's got candy cigarettes with those? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, inhaling the powder they put those things in. I know, right? And actually smoking. <laughs> Because that made it look like you were smoking, right? Yes. When the powder, because you yeah. blow on it, and then the the powdered sugar would make us. Uh, yeah. Yes, and, and, I then, and then those too. I, Rick, I never inhaled when you made me that cigarette. <laughs> I really did it. That that lemon twist cigarette from the eight from the eighties or seventies. Yeah. I never yeah, the, the, the children of the candy cigarettes became the parents and grandparents of the vaping generation. Oh, probably. <laughs> but wait, probably. don't you remember those licorice pipes where you could pretend yes. that you were smoking a pipe and it had those red sprinkles on the end? And you. Just... <laughs> God, I like you guys, I like the pipes. You guys are old, aren't you? Uh, they're well, younger. They're, yeah, than we're us. almost as old. They're as way. They're they're way younger than us. Yeah. So <laughs> not so, much. So tell tell Dana and Judy like what do you do on this cocktail cocktails with cocktails? So what are you going to do tonight, and kind of what that looks like? Oh, tonight is delicious. Tim finds the most ridiculous stories. I what what I do is I try to find the best crazy medical stories. So ah. we're gonna we have two that are very positive and three that two or three that are insane. Uh, we're going to talk about rabid beavers. Which... Okay, wait, I I do have a question. No, never mind. <laughs> right, keep moving. <laughs> rabid beavers, a kid that got his head sewed back onto his neck because he had an internal decapitation. That's an amazing story. And oh, wow. Just a di- and then diarrhea on the highway. Yes, and then a guy that drove okay, for you're several. Giving you're giving it away. Just say diarrhea on the highway. Well, let's just say there was a 10 car. Can we all say that together? Diarrhea (laughs) on the the highway. (laughs) 10 car pileup caused by leaking human feces out of a transport vehicle. Well, and I thought my clogged sewer pipe this morning was putting the snake down the toilet with whatever I had for dinner. I thought that was gross. No, no, this Uh, this is when I saw this, I, I I was researching and I could hardly you know, produce the slideshow I needed because it was so unbelievably funny. They wrecked two car, two cop cars got wrecked in Connecticut because they drove into a giant oil slick of human crap. And you know what they said when they hit it? I know exactly what they said. And Uh-oh. for the first time <laughs> ever, it was 100% accurate. <laughs> so what they also, Judy and Dana, they also do a podcast. Um, and that's how I found them because they do kind of 
they, they tend to be a little bit radical. And, oh. um, and in fact, we, the first time I had them on Facebook, I had to warn them what words they couldn't say. Did you guys hear they knocked me off again? No. What did you they, say? Nothing. The Joe Biden or the Hunter Biden balloon picture in his, oh, yes. in his swimming trunks. It's I have it off and their algorithm somehow, I guess, just picked it up. And so they knocked me off lives on Facebook for 60 days and, and I get no recourse and I didn't do it. <clears throat> Isn't that crazy? No, so what, it's, what they we're don't tell dad on you. He did, what, do it. he did it. He did it. What they don't understand is all I have to do is download this and then I just put it on Facebook anyway. And it doesn't matter because more people watch it when it's not live anyway. So <laughs> fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So tell them about BS Free. What's coming up on BS Free MD? Tomorrow's. Wait, I have to think what day it is. So, yes. So on Wednesday, actually, we have a, a, a mini podcast release now. It's a, our third one of the week called Truth Bombs. So that was supposed to come out today. Did it, it did. Did it? Yes. I was busy on, painting, so I didn't get the check. It's on Perseverance. Uh, but it's on Perseverance. Uh, they're usually 10 minutes long, and we kind of do some more philosophical things. Uh, Thursday is our regular podcast drop, and this week – we have Martha Rosenbaum, who um, was on our show with you before, Rick, yeah. talking She's this awesome. time. We're talking about um, pharmaceuticals in the military and uh, the big pharma and what's happening with mental health. So that's coming out Thursday. No, it's it, like and it's it's a complete mind blower. Like when you when you look at, you know, the potential risks of SSRIs, especially suicidality. And the percentage of people in the military that are that are active duty that are on m multiple psychotropic drugs, it's like, uh, what in the wide, wide world of sports are we doing to these guys? Yeah. So is it is it like no wonder we're having so many suicides with these folks? Well, I think I think that's part of it. Plus, yeah. you know, I, I, I still have we still haven't found somebody because I really want to get a, a psychedelic counselor, because when you look at PTSD, the psychedelics seem to be very promising and I'd like to talk to somebody that actually does that. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously there's tons of PTSD in the military. I mean, look at the situations that they're put in, but it's wild because what, what happens is I, I really believe trauma that causes distress is different than just mental illness. Right. And there's people that are mentally ill. They were always anxious or depressed from when they were, you know, children. And that's different. Trauma is a completely different thing, yeah. but we just put it all into the same bin. It's like, okay, we send you to war. You have this horrific trauma. Now you're sad. Well, guess what? You're supposed to be sad yeah. in those situations. So, and I just don't believe that it's being treated in the, in, you know, in the correct way. Or there's and, some, some kind of fringe stuff going on and we've connected with a few people, but uh, they're like, this person doesn't want to talk in public just because what they're doing is, even though it might be helpful, will be seen as taboo with the mm -hmm. the main uh, mainstream thought leaders. So they kind of keep quiet. And so it's yeah, we would like to find somebody. But but your guest, we, we interviewed her together. It was really fun, and I, it was one of the whole interview was like as Albert Roy, my friend, goes. Oh. It was like I walked away, and I'm like going to Kathy. Did you know? And we started, she goes, where did you hear all this? I said, we just interviewed, <laughs> we just interviewed this woman. And she's like, cause she is like, it's stuff you would never think of in a million years. Until yeah, you she's, an she's a great journalist. She's a, in, um, mostly does freelance work. She's on the East coast and she's been writing about 
drugs, especially big pharma um, for years. And she's really interested in what's happening in the military the last gosh. Yeah, well, and it's, it's fascinating because she's probably a classic liberal. Um, just based on, you know, when you, talk, you know, kind of an RF like RFK, who's now yeah. like wildly conservative compared to what's happened. Yeah. And, you know, her story was she was a copywriter for Big Pharma. Like she just, you know, she's a writer. So she just wrote ads. And one day she was, you know, questioning one of the, you know, I don't know, one of the higher ups. And they said, so is this drug more effective? And she and, and they said, we don't I think the actual quote was we don't give a shit if it's more effective. We just care that we sell more of it. And she was like, okay, I'm done. And then she went way down the rabbit hole on pharma and on advertising and on direct consumer advertising. And she, it, it, it became like this righteous, you know, mission to, you know, rip the bandaid off of what's actually yeah. going on. And, and it, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, uh, docktails with cocktails is tonight at six o'clock your time. I guess six Pacific, six Pacific time. So it's right after this, you guys, and you can find it on Facebook or for now, or YouTube <laughs> or you, and YouTube okay. and Twitter. Oh, and are you, you going to stream it tonight to Twitter? I, I have it all teed up to stream to Twitter. We, we finally figured out that we have to do Twitter because they won't censor you. All right. And they don't at me at all. And yeah. um, all these medical freedom warriors, you know, Sabine Hazen and Peter McCullough and all these people uh -huh. that have kind of become friends of ours, they're all, they're all blowing Twitter, Twitter up because yeah. they can kind of say whatever they want. Right. Oh, even Jordan Peterson's getting he's getting uh, censored now on YouTube. Oh, been, wow. They, he had he, it was funny. I listened to the RFK interview he did. And he, at the end, he goes, well, I have not had I've been lucky so far. I've had nothing censored on here. They went and pulled that interview. And then they, since then, they pulled two more that he had on there. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it is interesting because even with these guys, the first time I had them on, they were like, and then they said something and it, we, we all went, oh, because we weren't sure if they could, if you could say that or not. It was something about COVID or something. Uh, so. Of course, it was something about COVID. It was probably, it was <laughs> it probably, probably was just the word COVID. <laughs> ivermectin or something like that. That's word. what it was. That's yeah. what it was. And yeah. okay, well, you guys, thank you for coming on and talking about that. And, um, and thanks for doing what you do too to educate people and um, also make us laugh and drink a little more. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's always Tim's goal in life, and I'm still laughing. So, exactly. and, and, <laughs> and he's still drinking. So, <laughs> always that will be. Yeah. Well, yeah, this coming from Dana, who has the beer, and my other sister, who has the water. Dana, don't. <laughs> Don't drink all my beer. I'll be home in a few minutes. And if, if my good beer's gone, oh, my little sister, I'm going to chase you out the back door like I did when you were a kid. <laughs> oh, we forgot to talk about that story. Yeah. Oh, look at the time. We're out of time for that oh, story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, May and Tim, thank you. Good hey, to have thanks you. for having us. Nice this meeting you guys. Nice, to meet you. nice meeting you too. Absolutely. Keep, I like listening to these fun family stories. So yeah. keep sharing. All right. See you later. See you later. All right, ladies. So what, what's the last story we need to talk about? What do we need? Oh, my goodness. Oh, somebody just asked, can, can Judy and Dana, can Rick really play the guitar? Yes, yes he can. And he can yes. sing. He's an amazing singer. He sang, did at he both sing of our at weddings. both of our weddings. And um, my and own. He sang at our father's, dad and mom's funerals. And I sang at and my own wedding. Yeah. Um, and then also, you used to sing at like, town events in Hillsboro. You miss Hillsboro happy days. Uh-huh. Kansas City. 
Kansas, Kansas City. City, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Kansas City. And we used to do We do the doo-wahs. Yeah. They got the crazy little women there, and I'm going to find me one. Well, I might take a train. Boom. Might take a plane. But if I have to walk, I'm going <laughs> just the same. <laughs> the props in your office, Rick, are your hats. Yeah. Are my amazing. sisters are in there taking my hats off the wall, and they nobody's supposed to touch my Oh, that's my, right. They're missing behind us now. My hat. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I, still, I see my gray fedora on there. Don't anybody touch that one. It was handmade for me in Eugene, Oregon. Again. It's straight behind you. Oh, on the wall. Oh, okay. I was going to say, oops, oops, that one's not here anymore. So, um, I feel like we should say hi to Karen. She might be watching. Okay, and that's our older sister. Our older sister. Old she lives. sister. <laughs> Did you get that, Karen? Yeah, Karen. Way older. Five years <laughs> older. So if I'm 64, that means oh my gosh, she's 69. Nine. So anyway. And she's in Arizona, Arizona and where it's even hotter than it is here, but we love you and we miss you. All right. And you guys, I will see you in a little bit and we're having steak. I know Glenn, Judy's husband's cooking the steak. Um, hopefully Joe has my toilet fixed by now. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. It's, it's also just been great. Thank you, Rick, for inviting us on. Yeah. And it's just been great with us all being here together for this week. We've been having a really good time. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, we get crazy and scream and yell and do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's nice. We also to be... played Farkle. So we played the card game and Farkle. Rolling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Judy and Dana, thanks for being with yeah, us. Thanks. See you Bye. later. Bye. All right, you guys. So, yeah, that's, that's those are my sisters. So now you know why I'm so weird and crazy. Um, I grew up with that. <laughs> I love them dearly and Karen, too. Um, so our sponsors, again, we, we thank you for doing that. Um, thanks for sponsoring us, uh, Tim and May. So you guys, seriously, in just a few minutes, 20 minutes, uh, tune in on YouTube. So it's BS Free MD, and then you'll find it on Spotify and all that too. But you can go on um, and on Facebook and on Twitter, and I'll just put it on, and you can make comments to them and listen to what they're talking about because it's very entertaining. And it's great cocktail stories. You know, you're getting stories you can tell somebody about the, the guy's diarrhea on the road. What more can you talk about? We also want to thank Dr. Michael Bratlin and uh, all of his fine people over there at uh, Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. Uh, be sure and give him a call. And if you do see any of our sponsors, you guys, that's how we make a living. So it's really good. If you are looking for a dentist, go there. If you're in Helena and you're looking for an oral surgeon or uh, implants, uh, go to Montana Oral Surgeons and Implant Center. And that's kind of how it all works. So you, you like our content, like our sponsors. We'll do good. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow, I got a fun show for you tomorrow. Bill London's going to be here with your news. Um, and Bill always tries to get a little bit of Montana news, a little Oregon news, a little national news. Um, and he's always on the edge. We're also going to have a woman that I met at a uh, Saturday market in Vancouver, Washington, when I was with my son recently. And she makes a sipping vinegar called Wild Heart. And her name is Jenny. And she's going to come on tomorrow night and talk with us. She's had eight businesses. All of them have been successful. And this one said, she told me on the phone, this is the one that has my heart. So those are the kind of people we like to listen to, encouraging people that are going to brighten our day. All right. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good evening. I'll see you later. Share this on your page, please. Because, oh, sorry, Judy, because Facebook isn't very nice about it. <laughs> okay. And we'll be back. See ya.